0: In this life, we cross mountains and valleys. We can trust the wisdom of the one who designed this terrain we walk. His words are full of hope, direction, and purpose, keeping our course steady, always pointing us back to true north. church. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, welcome to City Hope, all of our locations, um, everywhere online, and of course, the guys at home Holman Prison. It is great having you guys with us this morning. I get the privilege of introducing our guests, our, our staff speakers throughout this True North series. But before I get to that, um, let me just quickly plug Kids Camp. In just a few weeks, our kids' camp is coming up. And so I want to make sure that your kids are registered and signed up for kids' camp. Um, Secondly, I want to encourage those of you that... Um, that would like to help scholarship or sponsor a kid to go to camp uh, to please do that we 've got tons of kids that need help um, that financially their their folks their family cannot afford it or there's you know multiple kids and all that kind of thing so help us out by sponsoring some kids for camp um, as you know camp is a life changing changing experience for kids and we want our kids to be a part of that so be sure to do that help us out with that but um, to, this is an exciting series I am pumped about it. Um, some of our staff guys are going to be bringing the word to you every week of this series while Pastor is on sabbatical. Um, and so this is going to be absolutely outstanding. Let me just tell you this real quick we have the absolute best staff on the planet. I'm waiting. Yeah, there you go. At every location, at every site, all of it. I mean, our staff is absolutely incredible. So you are in for a treat over the next four or five weeks um, throughout this series. And so I'm gonna—I get to introduce um, our very first kind of lead-off speaker this weekend. And most of you guys know Pastor Dale, especially you guys that are here at this campus. But some of the other campuses, you may not know Pastor Dale. And I want to tell you just a little bit about him. Um, Pastor Dale is—he's um, actually been here, been a part of this church for. T- 10 years. Um, He's been a volunteer. He's served. He's just been been an an average church person for 10 years, Um, and he served in so many different areas and so many different ways, and about two and a half years ago, he actually came on staff and became one of our associate pastors, and he is absolutely an incredible man, an incredible leader, Um, and so you're, you're in for an absolute treat today. So if you would, get on your feet and help me introduce Pastor Dale Riles. Thank you.
1: sit on down. Thanks. Everybody doing good? I know we've kind of done this, but, but I want to do it again just because I can. And if y'all would help me out at all of our campuses, let's welcome the guys at Holman Prison. Come on, all of our campuses, put your hands together. Guys, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your life and being a part of City Hope Church. Uh, we love you so much. Well, just to give you a quick update uh, about our Holman Prison campus, because it's it's exciting. We've been uh, we've been going there for a few weeks now. We've got a great group of volunteers that have been going up. And we go up every Sunday afternoon, and, we ha- man, we have a City Hope worship experience in Holman Prison with the great guys up there. And, 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 like I said, they've been wonderful. Our volunteers have been great. And if that's something you want to get involved in, here in the next two or three weeks, we'll get another uh, training scheduled, and we'll have that information coming out. So just kind of keep your eyes peeled, and when that comes out, you can jump in and be a part of that. And uh, I just believe it's going to grow and, and grow, and, and we're going to have to probably go to some other facilities in the uh, in the state and then take the gospel so i'm excited about that well i have the privilege of kicking off this new series entitled true north and the idea is kind of like the bumper that you saw there the the video there the idea is we're all on a journey we're on a faith journey the apostle paul he talks about it like we're on a race and it's not like a sprint type race It's, it's like a long distance run i mean it takes perseverance to complete this thing and in this journey and on this race, there's a lot of ins and outs, and there's a lot of ups and downs, and just, I mean, obstacles and everything that we run into, so there's, there's has to be something that, that we can put our eyes on, that we can put our hands on, and we can believe and trust God for to keep us on that, on that journey, because the truth of the matter is there's not enough time. We don't have enough time on this journey to get distracted. Can somebody help me right there? Amen. Y'all are going to make me work for this. So we're on this journey, and so what what a few of us were asked to do was just to share a message with you around our life verse. And a life verse is simply this. A life verse is a short passage of Scripture that serves as a rallying cry to guide and focus the current season in your life or your life as a whole. A life verse keeps you anchored to the truth and continually calls you back to the things that matter most and honestly, before a few weeks ago i 'd never heard the term "life verse. I just kind of called it my go to verse you know what i 'm saying it 's just that verse that helps me um, kind of get back anchored and, and like I say, kind of helps steers me back to get me back on that path where I need to be, so i don 't get distracted and, and kind of thrown off course so I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there to you, the, my life verse, and then we're going to talk. We're just going to take a few minutes and talk about it and some of the scriptures around it. And it's found in Matthew, you saw it in the, in the video, it's found in Matthew 6.33, and it simply says this. It says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Now, I use this verse in a very broad sense. I mean, I use it for a lot of different things. I go back to it, and it just keeps, like I say, it keeps me directed but this is Jesus speaking in Matthew six thirty three, and he doesn't use it in a broad sense at all. Actually, he's very specific in where he drops this thing. And, and the eight verses before it and the verse right after it, he just spends ten verses and he camps out and he talks about worrying. He talks about worry. The whole chapter is pretty amazing, chapter 6. If you haven't read Matthew chapter 6, let that be your homework. Go back and read that this week. It's not that long, but it's almost like a little mini conference. I mean, Jesus just throws down on five great topics that we all need to know about. He started off, he talks about giving, and then he talks about prayer. All in one chapter, guys giving prayer. And then he talks about fasting. And then he talks about money. And he wraps this whole thing up talking about worry. And I think he's very strategic. I think there's a reason why he did that. And I'll kind of talk about that as we get into the message a little bit. But I think there's a purpose. I think there's a reason for him putting worry right at the end of it because it can and will affect all those other four parts but i don't want to get ahead of myself so what i want to do to put this in context to put my life verse in context i want to read the scriptures the eight scriptures before it and the one after it so i'm going to read 10 scriptures so stay with me it's going to be good i know that's a few scriptures but that's okay it's gonna be good so if you got your bible device or you can watch the screen check this out it starts uh, matthew six twenty five. Again, remember this. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Can we all say that real quick? Just say, Do not worry. Do not worry. That just wasn't good enough. Do it one more time. Come on. Do not, worry. do not worry. Good job. All right. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? In verse 28, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, Jesus points out five things here. He tells us not to worry about. He's telling everybody he's talking to. He said, "Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow." He said, all, that, all that's going to be taken care of if you'll just seek me first. Now, I believe he was talking specifically to people who were worrying about those five things. I believe that's just what some people were worrying about, and so he knew that because he's Jesus and he knows those types of things, and he was telling them, don't worry about that. But I think he's saying a lot more to us today. I think he's not just saying, don't worry about those five things, but everything else you can worry about. I think he's saying, listen, don't worry. Just don't worry. He's saying, I've got this. You do not have to worry. But because he, he spent so much time on it to talk about worrying. So that's what I want to do for just a few moments. I want to talk about just that same thing, about worry. And worry is simply this. Worry is the time that we allow our mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. That's what worry is. It's the time that we allow our minds to dwell On difficulty or trouble now some of you even at this point you're you're thinking about kind of just shifting off and letting your mind wander a little bit because you've made comments like this you've said things like this you know i'm just a worrier that's just what i do or that's just who i am maybe you've said that before don't raise your hand but let me let me tell you something god's not going to call you and you say that like it's a god-given calling you know you know, like I'm just called to worry. That's my spiritual gift. Listen, God's not going to call you to do something Jesus commanded you not to do. You understand what I'm saying? So if we get caught up in this thing and we're saying, man, that's just who I am. If the word specifically says, don't do that, don't be that, don't be that. You know, we can trust God for that. So the problem here in our life and in the world we live in today, worry is simply, it's an, it's an epidemic. I mean, there are you do not have to look far to find things to worry about. Am I right? You know, there's, it's just everywhere. You don't have to look for it. It will find you, no problem. Uh, the problem is one of the problems, I was doing a little bit, I was looking around at some different studies online about worry this week, you know, some stuff I could kind of throw in there. And while I was looking, I found a website that will give you the top 20 things that you need to worry about for 2015. Just in case you're looking for something else, there's a website out there that tells you what you need to be worried about this year. You know, I don't know if it was there last year or next, but listen, just don't do that at home, man. That's dangerous. All right. There's plenty of stuff you can worry about and look look forward to. In a, in a negative way. Don't do that. Don't look, but It's kind of crazy. But in that, in that searching, I did find a lot of studies that just gives us ideas, shows us what people worry about. And there's like the top five things the average person worries about, and the, the, the top 10 things, and the top 20 things that the average people worry about. Now, I know nobody in this room is average. We're all above average people here, but you know some average people, and this is what they worry about. Now, this was not just one study, okay? I took a lot of studies, and I just kind of found some common things, and I threw them in here, and I've got four of them that are very common that the average person, not you, worries about. And the average person worries about their financial future. They just worry about their financial future. They ask questions like, what if my money runs out before my life does? You know what I'm saying? They're worried about the future of their finances. Another one is job security. They're asking things like, man, what if I lose my job? This job, I've been here 15 years. What if I lose it? You know, know, kind of things around money, if you notice there. The third one that's very common, the average person uh, worries about their physical appearance. I mean, there's some things you can do, but for the most part, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it or not, you look in the mirror, boom, there it is. Don't worry about it. It's just, you know, I had to get over that myself, you know. Anyway. I'm past that. I'm okay with that. And and then the last one that like I said very common. Uh, a lot of people are worried about just getting old. People are worried about getting old. Uh, I'm not in denial, and I know I'm getting. Don't laugh yet. I'm not getting. I know I'm getting older. I know that, but I'm not going to get old. I just made up my mind. I'm going to stay young at heart, and that's just me. You do what you want to do, but uh, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that personally. But here's here's some some numbers that kind of threw me. In these studies, someone did a study about how much time people actually spend worrying. All right, so this is the amount of time that we allow our mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. Again, this is the average person. It's not you, or I mean, average person. They they spend about 14 and a half hours per week worrying. Now, that sounds like a lot, but that adds up to about 31 days a year. That's one month, man. People's minds are just hung up And dwelling on these difficulties or this trouble, which all that adds up to over five years in a lifetime that our mind is just in struggle with worry. Now, I don't know how accurate that study is. It may just be, you know, grossly inaccurate. It may be double what it actually is. Let's say it's only two and a half years in our lifetime. I personally believe two and a half years in a lifetime is just too much worry. Does anybody agree? I just think it's too much. So... I mentioned those four things, and you may be thinking, man, I don't really worry about any of that. Well, maybe I can help you out a little bit, get this a little bit closer, a little bit closer to home. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios that may help you out because it's some stuff that I've had to kind of be cautious with. Let's say you've got a teenager in the home, and let's say your teenager's 16 years old or older, and so they're out one night and uh, it's raining out and they're out with friends, and you haven't heard from them. You know, they're driving or their friend's driving and their friend's 16, and you know. You know, and, and you haven't heard from them in, say, I don't know, four minutes. <laughs> and so you're freaking out, you know, and you get this thought. You're like, man, what if What if they were in an accident, you know? You know how that kind of thought just shoots across your bow? And then you come right back with that because you get that other thought. Well, you know, if they were in an accident, they would have called me. But But what if they were in an accident, and what if they were knocked unconscious? Because then they couldn't call. What if they were in an accident? What if they were knocked unconscious, and what if— what if they're in an ambulance right now, headed to the hospital? So you're grabbing your phone, you're about to call every hospital, and then you get a text from Little Johnny. He's like, "Hey, just got out of the movies. What's up?" You know? Can anybody relate to that? You know? So many scenarios that kind of hit us where we live. Or your spouse, you know, is supposed to be home at six, and it's six thirty, and you hadn't heard from. Them. You can't get them on the phone. Can't get them on the, to respond to text. And then those thoughts, man those those worrisome thoughts. And the thing about worry is, worry will lead to anxiety. And then anxiety will lead to fear. And it gets there so quick, you know. And the Bible says a lot about that. But so we, when we get to worry, we get to asking those questions, what if? What if they were in an accident? What if we were here? What if it was there? So what I've done is I've entitled this message, what if? If you caught that when it, when it came up. i entitled this message, what if? Have you ever been a what if-er? Anybody here, what if-er? What if you told the truth and raised your hand right now? Because most everybody in this room has been a what ifer at some point. So you start asking these questions, What if? So the Bible talks about a lot of it. It talks about worry. It talks about anxiety. It talks about fear. And everywhere you find it, it doesn't say, dude, you need to worry about that. You know, it says, do not worry. It says things like be anxious over nothing. And then it says things like fear not. But yet for some reason, we allow worry to not just cross our mind, but kind of become who some of us say that's who we are or that's what we do. I want to read a scripture to you out of Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. I'm going to come back to that statement. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The writer of Hebrews, he he refers to that race. Remember, I was talking about that faith journey or that race that we're in. And we're supposed to run this thing with perseverance. So there's that race. But then we've got that little statement in there. It says, let's throw off everything that hinders. And I personally believe that worry is one of those things that hinders. I really believe worry is one of those things that hinders us running this race with perseverance, that hinders us walking out, running out this faith journey. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about just a few things that worry causes. All right? And and it it is a few. It's actually seven. And I know I was supposed to have three points, but I got seven. And I'm just going to go fast, and it's all right. And I've got a clock, and I'm going to be okay. And y'all are going to be okay. Don't worry. Okay? (laughs) Golly. Golly. You ought to see your face. Seven? Some of you were like, did he say seven? Yeah, seven. It's okay. I'm going to go quick. Um, seven things that worry causes. Okay? Listen to this. Worry causes us to lose vision. The Bible says "The Bible says my people, uh, my people perish because of lack of vision. And here's what happens. God, God, God calls us to do things, man. He calls us to be who he's called us to be and the purpose. And he's constantly speaking those things out you know, out in front of us. And what happens is worry will have us just hung up right here in our own little world and God saying things like, hey, I want you to start this business. And worry causes us to ask questions like, well, what if, what if I started and it doesn't work? What if I don't make money? What if I can't even get the loan to get the business started, you know? Or, or, or a few years ago, you know, God spoke to Pastor Jerry and said, hey, you, we need to build this, this building here at Malbus. We need to build that. And, and, and what, if, what if Pastor stood back and said, well, what if we build it and they do not come? you know you get the. anyway you know God may call you to go back to school just leave it we'll move on God may call you to go back to school and then you, you know you're like what if, I, what if I can't make the grade what if you see what I'm saying it, it'll cause you to lose that vision and that's what God's all about he's all about vision for you and vision for your life and worry will just cause you to sit here and focus on all these concerns that aren't even there So many times. So it'll cause you to lose vision. The second thing, worry causes us to venture off course. And my question for you is what, who, or what is is ordering your steps? The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. So when God orders your steps, there's direction in that, you know? There's direction in that. But if worry is ordering your steps, there's no direction in that at all. You know, If God's ordering it, it's like you have a compass. If worry's ordering it, it's like your compass can't find true north. It can't find magnetic north. So you're just kind of wandering around, head down, can't look up. You don't have vision, and you're off course. And like I said earlier, on this faith journey, we don't have time to get distracted. There's too many things to do. God's got too much he needs to do, too many people he needs to reach through us, through you. We, we, don't, we don't have time for that. So we, we get off course, and then before long, we're just lost in worry. How many of you have ever been lost before? Right, hold on, let me, let me help you out with this. Put your hands back down for a second. How many of you, I'm not talking about like your Tom Tom said, take a left on orange and you took a right on apple and a quarter mile later you were there. I'm not talking about that, okay? Or your Google Maps. I'm talking about like you were somewhere and you were lost. No point of reference. You didn't have a clue where you were, where you were going. You were lost. Now, who's been there? Still a lot of you. I'm with you. I enjoy, I enjoy hunting and I've... Uh, I've been lost in the woods more times than I want to count, and it's you want to talk about worry going to anxiety going to fear. I mean, it's two point two seconds. You know, next thing you know, you're like, "I don't think I know where I am. Oh my gosh, I am lost." You know, it just boom, you're there. You're afraid. My my best my best lost story actually it wasn't me getting lost. It was a friend of mine that got lost, and um, it was a few years. It was a number of years back actually. And and a few of us we were we were about two and a half hours from here. And we were in the woods and we were hunting and. And this guy, actually, his a good friend of mine. He did not care anything about hunting, nothing. But he loved the outdoors, and he loved to cook and grill. And we're like, you need to come with us hunting, you know? <laughs> I say that. He's a great guy, and I love him to death it's still today. So one day it was about midday, and we weren't hunting. We had hunted that morning, I think, but we were midday. And what we were doing, we're hanging up our stands in the woods. Okay, we're going to deer hunt in about two or three hours, so we're hanging up our stands. And the idea, if you don't know, if you're going, to, when you do that, you want to do that kind. Of, you want to go in kind of real discreet, and you want to ease in the woods, and you want to whisper because you don't want to. you're going to hunt in like two hours, so you don't want to scare the deer off because you know they're smarter than we are. So you want to ease in there and hang your stands up. So we're all it's like five or six of us, and we're easing and we're putting up the stand. We realized we didn't have a strap we needed. Now, we're so far out in the woods, you actually had to take a truck, put a boat in the water, take the boat down the river, get on this island that was just woods and swamp and huge, and it was we were in the middle of nowhere. So, my buddy, we'll call him, we'll say his name's Chris, because that's his name, actually. <laughs> so, so, and he may be here, I don't know, he said he may be coming this, today. Anyway, <clears throat> he said, I'll go get the strap. And we're like, well, that's great. So he goes to get the strap to the boat and we finish doing what we're doing. And after a few minutes, we're done, and we're Chris isn't back. So we ease back, we say, let's go to the boat, let's see what's up. We get to the boat, he's not there. I'm like, Man, we must have missed him, you know, in transition. So we head back to where we were, we get back over there, and he's not there either. Now we're trying to be discreet. We're more concerned about hunting than we are about Chris at this point. We're still at the worry stage. Okay, we're not anxious. So we start, we kind of fan out, and we're doing this number here. We're like, Chris. Chris, because, you know, there's deer, and we want to, you know. So a few minutes later, and then looking back, I think it was about the time that the worry started hitting the whole anxiety mark on the, you know, on the scale. So we step it up a little bit. Chris, Chris. Well, after, I don't know, man, a few more minutes, we're, we're concerned. So I think about the time the anxiety goes to fear, we just all out start hoping his name. We're like, Chris, you know. And, and if you're in the woods, you got to hope, you know. We've got to do that kind of stuff there so we're doing all this hollering and hooping and all this other stuff and then finally it gets quiet and I mean it sounded like five miles away we hear this <laughs> like surely not it just hasn't been that long you know so we holler again and then we hear it, a little bit closer so we do this we're easing up and here he comes man he is running through the woods I mean he's sprinting sweating we're like dude what are you what are you doing He said, man, I was walking to the boat, I thought, and he said, I passed this little pond, and a little bit later, I passed it again. I got nervous. He said, so I stepped it up, you know, and he said, and then I passed it again, and then he said, I turned and started just running, thinking he's running our way. Well, he's running completely away from us. Watch me pull this back into the sermon. You ready for this? That's exactly what worry will, without a point of reference, worry will take you off course. And before long, that worry will turn into anxiety and into fear. And you're, you're, you're so into that worry that you can't see up and you're lost. I mean, you're totally off course. So worry will cause you to venture off course. Number three, worry will cause us not to right or wrong. I could use so many stories here, but I'm, I'm just not. But here's the idea. We do life together. We, we're in relationship with one another. Okay? And when you're in a relationship with people, friends, and family, there's going to be times you're going to offend people, they're going to offend you. You're, you're going to have to apologize to people, they're going to need to apologize to you. That's just how life works, you know, unfortunately. But what we do is, is when God says, hey guys, I need you to, to ask forgiveness, I need you to make, this, to, to make this wrong or right, let's get this, let's get this right. What worry will do is cause you to say, well, what if they won't talk to me? What if they're still angry with me? What if they won't forgive me? You know what I'm saying? So it'll just keep you from making that phone call, writing that letter, shooting that text, whatever that is. Worry will cause you not to right a wrong. And then the last four, I'm going to hit really, really quick. And I want you to remember back when I was telling you about Matthew chapter 6, and I was talking about the other four things that Jesus talked about. And he talked about giving. He talked about prayer. He talked about fasting. And then he talked about money. Let me tell you, I think he strategically put worry at the end because worry will affect all four of those areas in our life. And let me show you how. Worry will cause us to struggle with giving. Just yesterday, we had an incredible serve day. Hundreds of people throughout all of our campuses, they went out and just served other people. They gave up their time, their energy, their resources. You know? And what worry will do, it'll keep you from doing that for two reasons. One, you're so focused on your worries and your issues, you can't see the needs of other people to serve others. Or you're so hung up on on giving away your time and your energy and your resources. Man, you're like, what if I give all this away and I don't have any at the end of the day to do the stuff I need to do? You know, worry will kind of cause you to struggle with giving. And worry will cause you, number five, worry will cause you not to pray. Or it'll cause your prayers to be ineffective. And the way that works is because if we're, too wor- if we're so worried about something and, and we're thinking, man, if we pray about this, what if I pray about this, that whole what if thing again? What if I pray about this and nothing happens? What if I pray and God doesn't change anything? He doesn't help me. So then it'll cause us just not to pray at all. Or we'll do this. We'll take our worries and we'll go to God in prayer. God, I want to pray about these things. Amen. And we put them under our shoulder and then we walk off with them. It's ineffective. It's not going to work that way. It takes faith. It takes faith. Number six worry will cause us not to fast. You're probably like, who's fasting, Dale? (laughs) We do every year, City Hope Church, we kick off the year with a 21 day fast. Let me tell you the thing about fasting it's just like prayer, it takes faith. It takes faith. And when we get into to January and we call that fast, and we all kind of want to move in that, what, what worry will do? It will cause you not to fast because you'll say again those big "what if" questions. What if I what if I'm fasting for this reason or that reason and it doesn't? God doesn't do anything. What if I commit to this fast and I can't fulfill it? I can't finish it for 21 days. I can't do it. What, what if what if that happens? What if I start this fast and I get my focus off God and get my focus on food? What happens then? You know what I'm saying? So the next thing you know, you're just not going to fast. You're just not going to do it. And then finally, finally, the last one: uh, worry will cause us not to give financially, the money part that Jesus talked about. Because I'm going to tell you, you're not going to, you're not going to. If you're a worrier, you're not going to tithe because you're going to be like, man, what if I give my tithe and I can't pay my phone bill? You know. It's just, that's what worry is going to cause you not to give financially. A couple nights ago, my family and I, we were at the line, in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A, and we ordered a meal, we pulled up there, and I pulled up to pay. And as soon as I pulled up, the young lady looked out, and she said, the car in front of you paid for your meal. Right, that's what I said. Wow. You know, that's awesome. You know, if, if that person, whoever that was, if they were worrying, they would not have done that. You know what I'm saying? Because they just said, man, what if, matter of fact, let me give you an example. This happened to me a little while ago, a year ago or so. I don't know. I I, I was pulling into Burger King one morning, and I was going to get some coffee, and it was just one of those mornings I was feeling good. I don't know where I was headed, but it was just a good morning. And before I pulled off the highway, man, I just really heard God. He said, man, whoever gets behind you, I want you to pay for their meal. I'm like, pfft. Done. We're doing this, God. So I pull in. Nobody's even behind me yet. I'm not even in line. So I pull in line, and I, I, I just start to kind of, you know, in the rearview mirror, I just see a vehicle pulling up. And, man, all of a sudden I have this worry. I'm like, dude, what if it's a 15-passenger van with a bunch of youth? <laughs> of, you know, Pastor Matt rolls there with a youth group or something. You know what I mean? And, and, but I, I'd already committed to God I was going to do it. So then, you know, in fear and trembling, I looked in my rearview mirror, and it was a pickup truck with one guy in it. You know, I was like, whew. And then my next thought is, man, what if he's the youth pastor and he's buying meals for the church, you know? Gosh. But that's what fear will do, you know? It'll cause you not to give when God says give. And, and that's one of, the, one of the greatest things in the world you can do is give when God says give, and worry will cause us not to do that. Now, I know I spent a lot of time talking about worry and, 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 and the causes of it, and I'm going to turn this thing a little bit, and I'm going to give you something very practical to help you with if you worry at all. And I'd say the vast majority of, majority of us in this room do have worries and concerns that we don't give to God on a regular basis. But let me tell you, worry, what, what it will do, uh, worrying about tomorrow will rob you of your joy of today. It'll just do that because you're so focused on what may, may or may not happen tomorrow, it'll just ruin the day. Your joy's completely gone. I've heard this said before. I've heard that today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. And here we are. It's just okay. Things worked out, but yet we spent all that time worrying about today. And you do remember that I mean you do realize this that most of what we most of what we worry about never comes to pass. You understand that? I mean the vast majority of the things that we worry about never come to pass. Now I'm going to kind of share something with you, just, just really quick, something about me, and I hope I can convey what God showed me in this. Just a few short years ago, um, God. first of all, God's been amazing in my life. He's done some just incredible things in my life, and I'm, I'm so thankful to him for it. But just a few short years ago, I, I kind of started getting in a place in my life where I was, I was really starting to fit into God's purpose. I mean, really. You know, it's like certain areas of my life were in God's purpose and some not so much, and it was kind of weird. But during the last few years, man, it's just been a place where I'm like, dude, I'm right in the will of God. I mean, there's no question, just right in it. And that doesn't mean everything's been perfect, you know. There's still struggles and ins and outs and all that, but you can just, man, I just know. You know, I've kind of been where Pastor talks about that that sweet spot, you know. I've kind of been, as I got into that place with God, God does what God does, and, and he started stretching me you know and challenging me in a lot of areas and that's what god does because he knows our capabilities better than we know our own capabilities you know what i'm saying I and mean, he knows what we're capable of so and typically most of the time we're operating well inside of our capability so he started to stretch me and so what i started doing is what most of you would have done you know as, as as i would get a task or something i needed to do that may take eight or ten hours i would put that eight and ten hours into it my part and then i would put another eight or ten hours into it because i'm trying to do god's part too you know what i'm saying i'm trying to please god trying to please man trying to do all this and and it wasn't long at all god just arrested me man he just stopped me and said hey 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 I don't know what you're trying to do. You didn't get here on your own. You're not going to stay here on your own, and we've got way too much to do for you to be doubling up time and everything you're doing, trying to do my part. And he said, listen, I need you to do your part, and I need you to let me do my part. Do your part today, and trust me with the uncertainties of tomorrow. And the truth of the matter is, tomorrow, man, there are uncertainties in tomorrow. It just is. There are some things, man, you can set your clock by, and the Word of God says things we can't expect tomorrow. But there are some other things. They're just uncertain." But all the worries of, in the world will not change, not one uncertainty of tomorrow. So, now I want to share with you, really quick, how not to worry. I want to show you how not to worry, because I've told you all these causes, but I'm going to make it real practical, and I'm going to put it in your lap, and you're going to be able to do something with it if you want to. So, how not to worry. First of all, you don't stop worrying by trying to stop worrying, okay? Cause what that does is that puts your focus on the worry, and that's where it's been all along, and that's what the enemy will kind of try to get us to do. Dude, you need to stop worrying. You need to work on that. You need to read a few books about worrying. You need to, re-, you know what I'm saying? And there, there you are. You're just worrying about worry now all of a sudden, you know. And just kind of a sidebar. You don't, you don't get over anger by trying not to be angry. If you struggle with depression, you don't get over depression by trying not to feel depressed, you know insecurities you don't get over insecurity just trying not to feel insecure that just puts your focus on the thing that's got you worried in the first place and that's kind of some stuff that we talk about in our freedom ministry that's going to be kicking off in a couple weeks and you need to do that if you haven't been through that and you can you can sign up if you like but how do we stop worrying? I want to go back to my life verse, and, and I, want, I want to hit it one more time. And it's Matthew 6, again. And it's, it's simply this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What Jesus is saying here, he's saying, seek, aim at, strive after first, first God's way of doing things. So seek, aim at, strive after first God's way of doing things. Well, what's God's way of doing things? Well, God's way can be found in his word. And listen to the very next verse, and I read it earlier, but I want to read it in the Message Bible this time. This is verse 34. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. Here's what happens. God's word has to be that compass. We have to allow God to order our steps. If, if he's our compass, compass, then we're always going to have a direction. You know what I'm saying? Because now, after all these times I've gotten lost in the woods, I carry a compass. And, and when I do that, I, I don't try to guess where's north. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, it takes the guesswork out. I reach in my pocket, I pull out my compass, I find north, and I go the direction I need. And that, So it takes the guesswork out of all that. God needs to be our compass. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I'm about to tell you how to stop worrying. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to God. Present simply means to transfer the possession. Here's what we do. We either do this number here. God, this is what I'm worried about. It's like the Van Vanna White, you know? You see this, God? This is what I'm worried about. Take care of this. And then you put it on your arm, you walk off, you know? That, that's... That's that's not effective. You know, when you present someone with an award, this is what you don't do. Congratulations, Joe, you've done so good. We want to present you with this award. You've done such a great job. (laughs) We don't do that. No, no, no. You you present it to them, and then you give it to them. You transfer possession. You take your hands off of it. In the Scripture, it simply says, it said, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, all those worries, guys, every one of them, you can present those by prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and leave them with him. You can transfer possession, and he's okay with that. He's totally okay with that. And you may say, how do I know if I've actually transferred possession? How do, you know if, how do I know if I've actually let go of that thing? The next verse, verse 7, Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind and your minds in Christ Jesus. I call that that peace that passes all understanding. I call that crazy peace. That's that kind of peace when you see something and you know they just went through the toughest situation in their lives, but yet they're at peace. They still have joy. That's that crazy peace that we can actually live with if we can take those worries, take those anxieties, take those fears, and present them to God. Transfer possession. God just says, take it. One thing I said a while back, because I, I don't know, just the different things I would go through in life, and people would say, Man, just give it to God. I just wanted to punch him in the throat. What do you mean, give them to God? How do you do that? That's how you do that. You know? I mean, I, I need practical stuff. Help, help me out, you know? Present those things. Take your hands off. It's, it's, it's really, really a lot more simple than we make it. Now, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to do something right after that. So just, just hang with me. But let me, let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. And Father, I'm so thankful that we are not made or created to be worriers. We're not made or created to have to carry these worries and anxieties and fears. You you never made us to do that. You're willing and you are able to take these from us. Now, Father, I pray that you'll help every one of us in this room to do just that. To take our worries, because we have them. To take our anxieties, because we have them. To take our fears, because we have them. And present them to you. Transfer possession to you. And allow your peace that transcends all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. There are a group of people. There are people in this building. There's just no doubt in a, in a, in a setting this size, this many people. There are some people here. And you've heard this message. And you're like, Dale, you're telling me how to, how to, how to give my worry. I haven't given my life to Jesus. I haven't been living for him. I want to tell you, there is no better day than to do that than right now. We're all on this faith journey. We're all running this race, and we would love nothing more than for you to come along and be a part of this thing with us. And if that's something, if that's you, and if that's something you want to do today, this morning, Would you raise your hand just as high as you can get it, right where you are, raise your hand. Go ahead, I see that hand. Awesome. All right, you can put your hand down. I'm gonna ask everybody in this room, there are some people here that are about to pray this prayer, and I want you to pray it with them. Everybody in this room, let's pray this together with them. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. Father, we confess that he died on a cross for us. We believe that he is who he says he is, our Savior. And now we accept this gift as Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you put your hands together for those that just joined that race with us?